Blog Talk Radio. Rain of Star. It is Friday. It is the 12th. I'm exhausted. I hope you're all doing well. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you, but I'm kind of thinking it's the show for you. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the fabulous Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your magical needs. My guest tonight, I love this woman. Person, writer, dancer, beautiful thing, just love her. The amazing Lilith Dorsey. Hello, my dear. Hello, thank you so much for having me back on the show. Thanks for coming. I just think you're amazing. So, what's up? How has pandemic life been treating you? I'm busier than ever, which, you know, we were just saying, like, a lot of people seem to be busier than ever during lockdown, which is ironic, (laughs) you know. I I used to have to get up at five. Now I willingly get up at five and I'm just as busy as ever, you know, so that's great. I moved during the pandemic. Uh, That's an experience. I think one in five people (laughs) in this country moved during the pandemic. So that was an experience. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming that was pretty difficult. I mean, a pandemic and people trying to avoid each other and you're moving. It's like, Wow. Yeah, I mean, just the cost of moving went up, like it tripled. I moved over Memorial Day weekend, so that was crazy. My best friend drove me down in a rental truck, so it was kind of like Thelma and Louise in a rental truck during the (laughs) pandemic. I can see this. I can imagine this happening. Oh, my gosh. That must have been a riot and a half. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was so you but, are you know, we made out it. of another state completely. You are you went from New York to New Orleans? New Orleans. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. A big sleazy as we say. Yes. Ah. Um yeah. <laughs> Is that what you guys say? Nah. Yeah. I'm dying to go. I've it. never been. Oh my, oh gosh. my gosh. I've never been. It. I'll bet it's fantastic. I I want to I hear that there's like a potential voodoo B&B happening. Yes, that's my plan. I have a double shotgun house and the other side we're turning into a voodoo uh-huh. B&B. So 
people can come and, you know, check out our Voodoo Library and it's going to be done up with all fantastic altars and veves and all the ritual stuff that I don't have room to put in my house. So I'm going to make it available for everybody to come and enjoy and stay down here. And, you know, we're only about two miles from the quarter, which is, you know, just far enough to not be crazy and just close enough to be able to get down there if you want to. So I'm really excited about that. that that's been my 10-year plan. So now in this ironic set of circumstances, I'm finally able to realize it. So it's going to be fantastic. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. And I've, you know, I've always wondered, like, if I ever do get to go, where am I going to stay? And I have a a long-range plan for my 61st birthday, which is not this year but next year. So I'm hoping I get to to book it for my birthday. So, yay. (laughs) Oh, that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just. Let me do everything I want to do. You know what I mean? Like if people want to add on yeah. a special Marie Laveau voodoo meal, they can do that. If they yeah. want to get a reading with me while they're here, they can do that. It just allows me to do everything I want from the comfort of my home, which is a joy. I love that. Idea. Oh, my gosh, that sounds amazing. I didn't know I could add stuff on like that. Very cool. Oh, wow, I could get a reading and have a special meal. That's fantastic. Oh, I'm all excited now. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. So what's going on as far as you mentioned you were really busy. So what you been getting into? Well, I published two books so far during the pandemic with probably a third <laughs> one that is set for re-release in late May or June, which is still up in the air, but sometime definitely before the summer starts. So it is my, yeah. a reprint of my first book, which was titled originally Voodoo and Afro-Caribbean Paganism. But we dropped the paganism because mm-hmm. not so many people say that anymore. And now it's called Voodoo and African Traditional Religion, which I think really is better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I noticed that the word paganism isn't getting used very much anymore. Was Is there like a negative something or other that I missed, or is it old-fashioned? Or I mean, I'm I'm kind of out of the loop on that. What Was there a reason that, I mean, that I got dropped? There was, there was a reclaiming sort of in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, which the, the book was originally published in 2003, I believe. So, but Mm -hmm. I think more recently people have just, they're not really sure what it means. They identify as witches or they identify as whatever their specific tradition is, you know, and calling something like voodoo or ifa or condomble paganism really doesn't seem like the right word anymore because it's its own unique thing and giving it some European label, I, I think it's something people have been moving away from. Yeah, you know, I yeah, okay, that makes sense. I get it. I'm I'm a little slow to the party, but I eventually catch up when somebody explains it to me. I'm, you know, talk about being busy during the pandemic. Like a lot of folks um were not lucky enough to keep their day jobs. I was lucky enough to keep my day job and my day job is turning insane again. So it's like I kind of had my head down a lot during the pandemic, you know, because there were points where we were like, are we staying open? What are we doing? What's happening here? And then things started to pick up because of the business I'm in. But 
it's it's been fascinating watching you know how folks have been you know reinventing themselves and reinventing the way they do classes and you know online festivals and conventions and and it's been really amazing and you know I felt really lucky cuz I could attend circle in New York via you know Zoom and stuff like that so things that weren't open to me as just a a fan of stuff um it got really cool you just did um witchcon didn't you Yes, I did just do WitchCon, which was fantastic. I mean, over 100 presenters. It was just insane. It was really an international festival. (laughs) And I think it was either a week before that or two weeks before that, I gave a lecture at the University of Cambridge, which was always a dream of mine. So it's like I've been talking to people all over the world. I've been teaching places I always wanted to teach, and I didn't even have to leave my room, you know. How odd is that? <laughs> but cool. Is, I mean, you get to go. I, I, I'm sure it feels weird. So when you do something like that online, do you get like, you know, invited for, you know, whenever they do open up again, that you're going to travel to all these places? Yeah, pretty much. I'm booked at, well, because Warlock Press is, is reprinting my voodoo and African traditional religion, I'm pretty much booked at every WitchCon and HexFest for the next five years at least. So everybody can see me there. And I I made the people at Cambridge, I made them promise while we were on camera that when they open up again and I can go and actually stand in the buildings at Cambridge and give this (laughs) lecture, they will have me there. So they agreed on camera. So, you know, they can't renege on it. But, yeah. (laughs) Like they would have anyway. Come on. You I know, know they would. I know. You're amazing. I mean, people love having you come to their things because you are just so smart and so kind and so generous of spirit and interesting. Um, can you tell I'm a fan? Anyway. Oh, thank you. Fan. I always fan girl out whenever you're on with me. I know it's ridiculous. Oh, thank but, you. Oh, you're welcome. I have a huge crush. Everyone knows. I never keep it a secret. I talk about you constantly. <laughs> That's fine. I think you're wonderful, too. I mean, I just told my best friend, you're just like family. This is great. That is really, really sweet. And I, I just think you're amazing. So, you know, anytime I get to have you on, I'm always super excited and happy. But um, so what? what's, you know, have you had any difficulties during the pandemic? With anything is, uh, you know, are, are, are attendees, you know, being called to online things? Are you seeing a lot of participation? There is a lot of participation. And like I said, it's international, which is fascinating. You know, there's a lot of people who would never have been able to get to an event in person and, and speak to me. So that's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think there's always with an online event, there's going to be a little bit more pushback and haters just because they can hide behind their computers. So there's a little, been a little bit more <laughs> of that, you know, although I, that's not like I haven't had, you know, we've certainly had Christian protesters at events that I've done in person as well. So sure. I, I think it's hilarious, 
you know, honestly. Um, <laughs> since there's no filters on the show, you told me you were going to have uh, Utu on the show soon. We had protesters yes. at Hexfest, and, and they were carrying a cross, and he and I are standing outside heckling them, and he's like, is that cross heavy? Can I take it from you? <laughs> it <was> great. <laughs> he's a riot. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, though. you know, we just try and have fun with it. I mean, I think if I didn't have haters, I wouldn't be doing something right, you know? And I, you know, and I used to say that it's like, if you have nothing better to do and I am incurring enough of your wrath that you feel like you have to hate me, that is a plus. I need haters to keep me going. (laughs) I love it. It does not bother me at all. And I have tons of them. And I have haters in places I never thought I'd have them, but that's all right. Come and hate on me. It just fuels my fire a little bit more every day. I love it. I eat it like candy. Go ahead. Hate me some more. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, I had one one that accused me. He's like, she never graduated college. And I was like, I realize people lie about graduating from college, but you can go like on the NYU website and see that I did my undergrad mm-hmm. and my grad there. Like this would be a really stupid thing for me to lie about because it's very easily checked. And it's, I, I just laugh yeah. at the things they find to hate on me about, you know, I did an interview the other week and they said, somebody told me you were white. I was like, Oh, that's great. Okay. So we're just like, <laughs> I'm a white person. <laughs> Really? Um, okay. Wow. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Sure. Well, peop- I yeah. guess people do whatever they need to do to feel better about something, I guess. I don't know. I'm not even sure where to go with that comment. It's like, no. No, it's just the lane that people will what? go to invent things, you know? Oh, my gosh. That is so, so unbelievably true people get really creative when they're fucking bored i mean i'm sorry if you don't have anything better to do with your life and there's so many friends of mine who get trolled for just being themselves it's not like everybody is out trying to change everybody else's world some folks just want to live you know it's like they share the planet with everybody else and just don't want you to kick their ass merely for breathing. It's the weirdest thing. And the older I get, the more it just fucking pisses me off that people don't have a live and let live attitude. Because trust me, when the road ahead is shorter than the road behind you, all that shit means nothing. All this bullshit fighting means really nothing. It's so not important. Um, if you're known for your hate, you're you're a pointless person on the face of the earth. I'm sorry. It's very simple. So you Definitely. know, a little love goes a lot lo- goes a lot further than a whole lot of hate. I don't understand people. They just piss me off. But anyway, I mean, I I just can't believe that, especially when you have a country that is in turmoil, people dying. You know, that didn't have to die. 
we're finally seeing some yes. kind of light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not necessarily an oncoming train. You would think that we would, like, all get together and maybe celebrate a little bit of the joy of that situation, but haters don't stop, do they? They just, like, keep reinventing things to hate about. No, it's true, you know, and there are real problems, you know, and I really don't have patience for anybody who's not focusing on the real problems is inventing problems because that's useless. And, you know, just get out of here with that. (laughs) Seriously. So you're having your first book reissued. What's the story behind that? Is that something that happens often? Was this something that you had wanted to do or update or I don't know how any of that works because I'm not a writer. Well, it had it was published originally by Kensington, and it went out of print very quickly. It went out of print probably, you know, two years later, you couldn't get your hands on a copy. And then for wow. 10 years after that, it was going for two, three, four hundred dollars $400. And I used to say, for, you know, $500, I'll sit on your lap and read you the fucking book. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not getting any of that damn money, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. You heard her. You heard her say yeah. that, folks. She will cut for 500 yeah. bucks. You can have a personalized yeah. reading. There you go. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Definitely. <laughs> so it just made it me goes, sad that it, people could It shows how much... It. Yeah, but see, it, it goes to show you how much people love the book. That's so cool. No, it's true. The best thing that came out of, you know, me publishing my really popular book, Orisha's Goddesses and Voodoo Queens, which has been like a bestseller since it came out last year, has been somebody sent yep. me a note on social media, and she said that she stole my book, Voodoo and Afro-Caribbean Paganism, from the library when she was a teenager, and she read it under the uh-huh. covers with a flashlight because her uber-religious dad would have been furious that she was reading about voodoo and that she totally stands my work ever since then. And, like, I was just like, that is the sweetest thing ever, you know? <laughs> That's really I just, cool. I love that. Oh, my God. You know? We don't condone stealing. We're just saying. No, don't steal from the library. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the library has enough issues. I know, they got enough problems, (laughs) definitely. And I'm very happy the library's carrying my book. Thank you. But just that somebody would go to that length and that it would have made an impact from, you know, whatever it was 15, 16 years ago, this young girl reading it Mm -hmm. is now an adult and you know, can continue to read my stuff and actually connect with me on social media. That's one of the best things I think that I found out. But it was important information. Basically, it's a, you know, introduction book about all the different traditions, Haitian voodoo, New Orleans voodoo, Santo or Lakumi. And if somebody didn't know anything, it's a great book to pick up. If you're in one tradition and you don't belong to another tradition, you can find out what's the same, what's different, what's similar, what, how should I ask, what do I need to know, you know. So it's got a lot of that really basic information in it. And I think that that was really important to have out there. And it was the first book of its kind. And I don't think there's really been another book specifically like that since then. So I wanted to have it be out there for people 
um, and be available for people again without them having to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars. <laughs> which is very kind. Um, but, of course, it's worth the hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but the availability of information is so important. So, you know, and I, I've meant to ask you this for, like, a couple of visits now, but who influenced you? Like, were you mentored within your family? It's funny because one of my aunts came, and she actually, we have our own spiritual house called the House of Mama and Brigitte that I run. And she came and joined our house. And every time we have an initiation or a feast day, I prepare a giant feast, and I cook all these dishes and everything. And my auntie came, and she was like, this is exactly how your great-grandmother used to make this, and this is exactly how she used to do this. So even though I wasn't mentored directly by them, it was so funny for me to have her come back all those years later and tell me that I was doing things in the same way, you know. But growing up, it was always, I mean, my aunt, I love to tell the story, my aunt was schizophrenic, and she would come into the room when I was two or three years old and start talking about how she saw Marie Laveau which I now as an adult living here in New Orleans and just having such a strong connection to Marie Laveau, it makes me laugh because it's like, you know, sometimes people who are having mental issues, mental challenges, pick up on things that are really there. And I think she was really picking up on this Marie Laveau energy that I've had since the very beginning. And I didn't begin formal study until, I, I mean, I always knew I was a witch. They named me Lilith but I didn't begin formal witchcraft training until I was probably about 12 or 13. And then I did the same thing that everybody else in New York did when they were 12 or 13. They went to Magical Child. They went to Enchantment. I got thrown out of the yeah. Wiser bookstore because I wanted to touch the rare books, and I was a 12-year-old kid, and they thought I was, you know, going to get them dirty or mess them up or something. And now I'm a Wiser author, which is what I vowed on that day. I was like, I'll show you people. You know, it's <laughs> so. hilarious. You know, it's so funny that you say that because being from New York, it's exactly what I did. I went to Magical Child. I went to Enchantments. Mm-hmm. I went to Arcane 222. I mean, yes. I went in any place they'd allow me to go. And sometimes that was like up for debate because it's like, you know, there was a lot of okay, kid, what do you, you know, what are you looking for? What right. are you doing in here? And, right. And that was well before I even knew, knew there was any kind of anything, in, you know, in my grand. I didn't realize that my grandmother was a practicing witch until I was an adult. I had no idea, um, which was a very odd thing to find out. And I didn't find it out until she died. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. what? I mean, I knew she knew things. Like she would, call, I had an accident once and she called me right afterwards and she's like, you okay? And I'm like, and I've forgotten about it. I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? She's like, well, that TV was pretty heavy. And the, I had been moving a TV earlier that morning at my apartment and the damn leg of the table it was on, one of the legs broke and the damn thing fell on me. And it was one of those really oh, no. heavy old-fashioned, yeah. you know, the ones that weigh more than you do. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and it hurt. And I just, you know, I left it on the floor and I had to go to work. So I went to work. And then she calls me and she's like, you all right, blah, blah, blah. The TV was heavy. And I'm like, 
how did you know about that? What? So, yeah, I mean, but I, I never put two and two together. It just wasn't something I thought about. Um, you know, I figured everybody's grandma was spooky and knew shit, you know, it was no big. But, yeah, so, I mean, it didn't it didn't even occur to me anything about my mother or my grandmother or my aunt or anybody until my aunt sat me down when her mother died, when my grandmother died and said, you know, we've been practicing magic in this family forever, right? I'm like, no, I didn't know. Not a clue. Okay, fine. Whatever. Sure. So, you know, and, but they didn't want to mentor me. They're like, nah, you don't need to know any of this. You're fine. You know, just do your thing. And, and I was like, well, that's a bullshit answer. So I went and found a mentor and (laughs) studied for 12 years and, is it <laughs> you know and I'm like okay doing it the old-fashioned yeah. way because my family doesn't like want to involve me I'm like that's cool y'all don't have to teach me I'll go find somebody who will and my mother who's now a Pentecostal preacher <laughs> was a witch. <laughs> yeah so she went from one direction to the other and I'm like you yeah. know really in this world did I have to wind up with a psycho mother but okay <laughs> Yeah, so I always yeah. find it fascinating when, you know, folks have it in their family and, you know, that they actually get mentored by someone in their family. I'm kind of jealous, but glad that it happens. Do you know what I mean? But it sounds like yeah, you have a similar too. situation where it's like you were spiritually mentored without it being done directly. So you've, like, really absorbed all of the spirits and they have visited upon you and and given you all of this wonderful knowledge and I mean, not that you didn't study hard for it. I'm not taking that away from you at all, but the fact that spirit has led you in ways to do things, the, the old fashioned way, the correct way is, is pretty fascinating. I think. No, it is. And it was really fascinating to find that out. You know, when my aunt came, I had a similar story what you mentioned you know there were always things that we did my Sicilian great-grandmother had Florida water in the house all the time and would always sprinkle it around and things like that and you know now it's like hey you know (laughs) what was that about right and the tables for St. Joseph and St. Anthony and all of these things that were just you know and then I had the other side of it too you know all of the people in my family did these things it was like oh if you drop money, then this means this, or if you spill salt, mm-hmm. this means this. You know, there were so many things that weren't formalized. It was just what we did, you know, and this is what you do, and this is how you get through life. It, it, I was almost an adult when I realized it was magical things as well, and that's what makes me laugh. Yeah. Like, old lady. like kids today, you know what I mean? They'll do the Instagram video about this is how you use, you know, whatever, and I'm like, well, but doesn't everybody know this? Like, it's just surprising right. to me. And that's I what, guess that's that they didn't what's realize so funny. that. They didn't because, well, mm-hmm. I mean, we had Florida water. My father used Florida water as cologne. Okay. And I'm like, what the fuck? Nah, you you got to understand. My yeah. father was a little Jewish man from New York City. Didn't know shit about shit. I mean, little, you know, first generation immigrant family. And he's wearing, and I'm like, how the hell did he, my mother must have given him the Florida water and he must have liked it and just splashed it on. Yeah. 
Um, but I, yeah. you know, these little memories that come back. I mean, my father's been dead for years, but these little memories of weird little things come back, and it's like, was my mother using that shit on him? Really? Wow, that's <laughs> you know. But in, I mean, I'm a I'm a good bit older than you. In my day, we didn't really have like all we had were, were magical child and enchantment. That's what we had. We really didn't have yeah, like a whole dearth of places and sure yeah. shit, no internet. So it's like everything was either word of mouth or you read tons and tons and tons of books. So, you know, when you say magical child, I get this huge smile on my face because I could not, I cannot tell you how many Saturdays preteen and teen and in early twenties that I would just go to these places and be like, Wow, I could live in here, you know, and like Uncle Herman would like look at me like I was crazy and chase me out the door once in a while, like get out of here, camp. You know, (laughs) that happened to me too. It did. It did. (laughs) All right. So Mm. funny. Little did he realize that we would grow up and remember him and remember like. Him, him talking to us that way like we were annoying little children, which I guess I was. You probably weren't, but I sure as hell was. Because I was into well, everything, I and I'd stand there for hours. Huh? I said I looked what shifty. You, you know what I mean. I was a little black girl, 12, oh. 13 years old, trying to get at the rare books. I must have looked like I was going to take something. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, no offense to well, him or I whatever. Mean, I'm just saying that was a weird thing at that time, you know. Yeah, I mean, but the same thing happened to me. I mean, you know, he was always like, get out of here, kid. You've been in here long enough. I mean, you know, I think just anybody who looked too young to buy, he was like, just right. get out of here. Oh, yeah. Just get out of here. Yeah. yeah. And, we, yeah. you know, we just kept going until we got old enough to, like, buy stuff, and then it was all, you know, <laughs> fine, whatever, you know. But I just find it interesting that, information is so easy to access now where in my day it was like pulling tea you couldn't get information out of people you know i mean my own family didn't want to talk about it yeah and i mean there were like 12 authors and that was it yeah (laughs) you know yeah i mean patricia krauser sybil leak um uh doreen valiente I mean, you know, the Ferrars. There was like a limited amount of shit. You know? I know. I know. And it's it's still like amazing to me that like, you know, I grew up and write my own books and, you know, party with people like Janet Farrer and Gavin and things like that. It's like, whoa, man. Like <laughs> that's crazy. Right? It's like that's so it's like crazy it's like me. party with your heroes. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. It's like, you know, one the first year that Desperate House Witches existed, um, Raymond Buckland came on, and I was beside myself. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually talking to him. You know, and I totally lost my shit. I was so excited. But it, it's amazing how open and giving um, – what we used to call the pagan community could be. Um, I guess, I mean, is there a general term for non-Christians now? You know, people who, who study 
I don't like saying alternate religions because it's just another, I mean, it's just another basis of a religion, isn't it? Everything that we practice. Yeah, it is. I mean, an alternate, it seems like, you know, yes, we realize we're not the dominant ones out there, but I don't think that it's necessarily alternate. I mean, it's it's who we are, really. That's what I feel yeah. like. But I don't know if there is a general term, you know. I mean, I think people have been using witches, but that really doesn't explain it either, or a cult or something like no. that, but that's a different thing, you know. So I don't think there is one really now. Now that we got rid of Pagan. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I was still using Pagan. I guess I better change that. Because all the descriptors for the show mention Paganism. I guess I'm going to have to change that. (laughs) Oops. Come into the century, Raina. Come into the century, Raina. (laughs) Grow up. No, sometimes I feel like I'm really far behind everything because... You know, we get locked into these things and, you know, we get locked into daily life and trying to just make things work. And if you have an occupation outside of the, you know, outside of the realm, as it were, you know, there's just so much going on in the world with the pandemic and the vaccine and, you know, going from one president to another. And, I mean, life has just been changing so rapidly, especially in the last few months. Not all for the bad. I mean, as a matter of fact, I'm kind of really digging what's going on as far as, like, people starting to be able to get healthy again. I'm pretty excited about that, actually, as an older person. Yeah. I'm looking forward to to getting the shot. Yeah, I got it on Wednesday. I'm so happy. Awesome. Have you had any side effects? I need to know. No side effects? I got the Johnson & Johnson, and Excellent. I was just a little sleepy, and my arm mm-hmm. hurts where I got the shot a little bit. And then my best friend and I, we got it at the same time, and she was, had weird dreams, and then I had a weird dream last night. So, uh, <laughs> But nothing bad. <laughs> nothing bad. But I don't yeah. react to shots, you know, badly. So That's good. I mean, I, I want to encourage, because I know there's a lot of folks out there um, who are really concerned about getting the vaccination. And I'm just, you know, that's, I'm, I'm asking all of my guests their opinions about it. And thank you for sharing that you got the shot um, because I think it's important to try to get back to even a semi-normal way of life that everybody does what they can to protect themselves and each other. You know, I, I get a little concerned when people are like, no, you know, I don't know what's in it, and I'm scared of it. And, you know, I'm very encouraged by – I haven't gotten my turn yet because I'm in Group 4, and Group 4 here in North Carolina doesn't open up until the 17th of March. So St. Patrick's Day, get a brew, okay. get a shot. <laughs> get a shot and a brew. Um, that's how we're going to advertise it. There you go. But – um I really want to encourage folks, you know, Lilith did it. I'm going to do it. Please consider doing it for yourself and your family and everybody you want to hug soon. Because if things are going the way they appear to be going, we're all going to be able to see each other and spend time together. And, you know, I always considered myself an extrovert. And I've learned to really appreciate a lot of the alone time that I've been getting but now that the weather's getting warmer, I'm really starting to miss people again. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and I understand, too, why people are nervous about it. You know, I mean, I certainly understand the black community. There's such a history of, you know, medical testing and Tuskegee and places like that that I understand people are nervous, you know. But I, I am scared of getting the virus. So, you know, when the opportunity came, I mean, we went far to get it. We didn't take it from anybody else, but we drove a couple hours to get it because, you know, that was the place that was available and that was the place we could go and get it and be honest and truthful and still get one. And (laughs) yeah, you know, no, I I know. I I I don't want to put people in danger, you know? Yeah, I don't either. And I'm really, I mean, it's now going to be two years that we've actually physically, the folks that I hang with in, in Georgia, that that event hasn't been for two years now. And it's going to be amazing next year when we all get to go to Mystic South again. I'm really super excited. It's giving me something to really look forward to because I I love my family, but I'm sick of looking at these motherfuckers. I need new faces. <laughs> I do. I do. I love my family, but you bitches are boring already. I need to see my friends. <laughs> you know? For real. That's great. That's great. No, I'm missing people too. You know, it's so weird for me. There's events that I've done every year for the past 25 years, like Serious Rising, you know, and for me to not go, this is the first time in a quarter of a century I've not attended this event, which is so strange to me, you know, people that I just, um, I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, that I haven't been able to see them, you know. So that was part of the reason I moved down here to New Orleans because I wanted to be near Priestess Miriam, you know, because I belong to the Mm -hmm. Buddhist spiritual temple down here. And uh, she just had her 78th birthday. Hooray! You know, and... um, Yay! I know I saw the pictures. Awesome. I know. We had five cakes. I come in, she's like, well, she gained weight. I was like, thanks. And then she feeds me five cakes. So I love Priestess Miriam. (laughs) And we had five cakes. Oh my gosh, Priestess Miriam, be nice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she's nice. She's just, you know, whatever. You know, she's like my mom. She tells it like it is, you know. So I get you. I know. I, I you know, I I have these listen, I have the same people in my family. Like I'm afraid for my auntie to look at me because And I come from big women, and my auntie is going to look at me, and she's going to say, bitch, put down the groceries. Put them down. Yeah. I'm like, I know. I've been eating my feelings. I've been eating your feelings. I've been eating everybody else's feelings, and it shows. Like I told you, my quarantine 15 is now my quarantine 33. I'm not proud. But you know what? I ain't attracting any of you motherfuckers anyway. It's fine. I look good for me. That's what I care about. Y'all go on with yourselves. That's all. Yeah, that's right. Listen, yeah. there's no shame in my game. I earned every bite I take, okay? I paid for them groceries. Thank you. Thank you. Call well, me fat yeah. and sassy. Go right the fuck ahead. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bitch needs a hey. diet. I know. I I know. <laughs> you, I'll be looking better by the time you see me next year. Yeah, <laughs> I still have a year to yeah play with. that's that's where I am with it. 
I don't feel guilty either. <laughs> I know. You know. There's so few pleasures left at this point, you know. So um, I'm going to go with the ones I have. I'm telling yeah. you, nobody's yeah. fucking. Oh, my, have I told you? Like, okay, my son got engaged, and I'm like, yeah. are you fucking? Is anybody fucking under the age of 32? Yeah. Because apparently these people don't fuck anymore, and it's not pandemic-related. Although that hasn't helped, I have found out through various sources, like my children, that they're not yeah. motivated by sex anymore. I'm like, who raised you? Because that's all that motivated my happy ass back in the day. If I wasn't smoking it or fucking it, I wasn't messing with it. Are you kidding? And they're like, no, we're not motivated by those same things. I'm like, well, what are you motivated by? And he pulls out his phone. And he's like, well, you know, sports scores. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, Comic-Con, shit like that, you know. I'm like, all right. Oh, my God. What happened to these people? You know, I don't understand the, it. I don't. Are they doing it right? This is always my question. <laughs> That's my see, see, because I'm like, you you have to want to fuck. It feels good, and if it doesn't feel good, you're doing it wrong, or get a new one. Yeah, you're not. Something doing has it right. to be happening. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. and yeah. they're like, no, we know what we're doing. We're just not as interested as you people. Thank you. I'm now a you people. Okay, good. Okay. Um, yeah, well, and you people made a lot of mistakes, didn't you? And I got called out by a 28-year-old who said, how many marriages have you had? And I was like, okay, now your ass can shut the fuck up. Thank you very much. And I'm like, okay, so yeah, I have made some questionable choices apparently, and my ass got called out for it by my child. Thanks. Okay. Much appreciated. <laughs> but I'm like, if y'all don't repopulate this motherfucker, there's not going to be anybody yeah. to grow anything or take care of the earth or whatever. So, you know, you might want to consider the fact that, I mean, I'm not asking you to just go out and willy-nilly knock people up, but by the same token, maybe find somebody and settle down. No, not interested. No. Okay, fine. Yeah. All right. So that's what they're doing. I'm like, I don't get it. We had fun, no, right? We did have fun, right? No, I <laughs> had a lot of fun, and I still have a lot of fun when I get the chance to. So there. <laughs> but Amen. I know what you mean. Like my daughter's the same way. My daughter's the same really? way. She doesn't even have a fur baby. She's got, like, plant babies. So I'm like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> what? What? But smart, right? Less responsibility. She's, you know, she's smart. She's like, yeah, you know what? It, I, if I have to keep it alive, maybe I don't need it in my life right now. I mean, I kind of give her credit for that, you know. It's like, eh, yeah, I got other things I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she likes babies, you know, but, it, you know, it's not on the top of her list really at the moment. And I'm just like, oh. I mean, I had her. I was. I couldn't even drink when I had her, you know, like, so I, I <laughs> wasn't you young enough a teen mom, but I wasn't old enough to drink. So I was like, this is terrible. I can have a baby, but I can't have a shot. What the hell? These should go together. Right? I should get the baby and the shot at the same time because <laughs> she has colic and this is not easy, you know. <laughs> so, listen, if I can squeeze this thing out, I have earned my way to some goddamn alcohol. I'm just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be fair yeah. somewhere, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, I don't definitely. get it at all. 
Definitely. How did we get on this yeah. subject? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Kids today. How did, we, really? how did we get here? What the hell happened? The show has been derailed by the host. I'm really sorry. Um, but tell me, tell me more about what's in the book that's being re-released. We we know that it, it was unavailable almost immediately after it got released. Have you made any yeah. changes to it? Um, what what's in the book for folks who didn't have the the copy of the first edition? Tell me about this new edition. When's it coming out? Where's it coming out? Give me all the give me all the details. Okay, so it's going to be published by Warlock Press. So it will be available nice. from them through the Hex website, and also it'll be available on Amazon and from Ingram if, if you know people want to order it for their stores and stuff like that. So, and I've changed yeah. the whole thing. I thought it would be easy. Oh. Again, this is like the second book I wrote over the holidays. I don't know why I thought that this was a good idea twice in a row. Like. <laughs> Obviously, it was the holidays. My daughter drove down from Nashville because now she can drive to me. She's all scared about stopping during the pandemic, so she just drove straight. I was like, don't get a bladder infection. So, <laughs> Oh, my God, really, really. I managed to do oh my gosh. She didn't get a bladder infection. <laughs> but, no, I updated it, you know. There were certainly things I thought 15, 16, 17 years ago when I wrote it that are very different now, you know, just from practicing and running my own spiritual house and doing, you know, hundreds of rituals in the decade plus since I originally wrote it. And and then there's also so much more new material out since when I originally wrote it. So I updated all the references. I, I added special sections for, you know, here's music artists that you should listen to that are singing about some of these things, like my dear friend Reva Neary Presil, who was on the cover of the New York Times for her Fet Gay Day before the lockdown and is an amazing singer and dancer and artist. And things like, I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with, like, B, the popular group out of France, the Twins, that I got to see in Brooklyn again <laughs> before the pandemic. And, but there's so many right? people that are younger that are able to talk about the religions now that they really weren't able to talk about it 15 or 20 years ago. So that is really fascinating to me that I can include these things that people, we were talking about access to information, you know, now someone can mm-hmm. read my book on their phone go online on their phone, go on YouTube or iTunes and listen to this actual authentic Haitian Vodou music from amazing people that we couldn't have even dreamed of having the access to before. So that was really fascinating and important for me to include. And especially, you know, people who I've worked with, people who I know, people who I really care for in my heart. So that's beautiful. And so that's updated. Then there's a whole new chapter on Roots Magic for Protection and Protest. And I think everything that we've gone through with the Black Lives Matter movement and George Floyd and hooray, he got lots of money, his family today. I was very happy to see that. Yes. But there's so many of our... But you know... I know. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, though, because all the money in the world doesn't bring him back. And I think that's important for people to remember. You know, it's like, don't look at the money. The money is is because of 
you know, it's not even a fraction of what a life is worth for somebody you love. So I just, you know, I just want to put that out there because I think it's, it's important to remember that while the money will help the family, um, it's, I, I just, it's still heartbreaking and it doesn't bring him back. And, you know, the Breonna Taylor thing, I can't even wrap my brain. No, I know. Around any of it. I just, I, I, I can't even explain, you know, because it's not my experience. But I am horrified. I mean, it's horrifying, you know, and these things need to be just constantly talked about and and put in the forefront so people don't forget. I'm so terrified that people forget about these things until the next incident. Do you know what I mean? Of course, and I think that's been happening. We've seen that all throughout history, you know. I mean, one of the things I saw when my daughter used to live in D.C. before she moved to Nashville, and I got to go to the Smithsonian Museum of African American History there, and they have an Emmett Till exhibit where they have the pictures of, mm-hmm. you know, his mother wanted an open coffin, so they have the pictures from his open coffin. And mm-hmm. it makes me so sad just that such a thing happened and such a thing is still happening but that it was so painful and even everybody knew it back then. And it's still something that, you know, people have forgotten really, you know, I mm-hmm. did a, mm-hmm. for a short time, I had a YouTube show about witchcraft and the occult and media. And we talked about Lovecraft country and how they focus on Emmett Dill and so many people just talking about that story, just watching the show, I realized had no idea who Emmett Till was. And it just made me so sad because if you don't know who these people are, it's going to happen again and it's going to keep happening again. And we have to learn how to remember and we have to learn how to change things. And the chapter is all about how the IPOC who are out there in the streets fighting just to be themselves and to live a life need to be protected Mm -hmm. and need to protest and so that was a really important chapter for me to include. It's it's something, you know, most of my godkids are BIPOC now. Um, a mm-hmm. fair number of them are also LGBTQIA. So it's like they're getting it from both sides, you know, and it's a dangerous life that they mm-hmm. live. And I would not want to be 25 or 30 years old today. So on that note, I really do feel for them and uh, try and help however I can. I agree. And, you know, oh, there's been so much... You know, you talk about um, LGBTQIA, and I have found that in this time of pandemic, there has been so much uh, pause given and reflection given. Um, You know, I have, you know, soon to be a new niece and soon to be a new nephew. I'm so excited because they're, Um, you know, when people finally discover who they are as their authentic selves, I think that's a real reason to celebrate, you know, and... I know it's a hard life and, you know, because people don't understand your blood relations will often shun you or, or not be there to support you. And, you know, I'm like, Oh, my little darlings, I'm here for you. Just come and come and hug me. I'll, I'll be wherever you need me to stand up for you. I'll do it. You know, where are we going? What are oh, we doing? That's so beautiful. You know? Well, I just, it comes from a long history in my life of being in relationships with folks who were considered other, you know, transsexuals, 
all kinds of, you know, people with, with, you know, different gender identities because I function under a, I can fall in love with anybody because I fall in love with the brain. It's not what's attached. So that's why, right. you know, I'm, right. I'm able to just flow in and out of this and that. So, you know, having words to explain what all of that means now, I didn't have those words 40 years ago. So I kind of celebrate the fact that, you know, the things that we kept really secret and really hidden because people wouldn't understand, our families would shun us, we could potentially be murdered for it. You know, that's why I'm so glad that it's stuff we can talk about in the open now, that we don't all have to fit this fucking cookie cutter because I have a set of tits does not define who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just love the idea that that we we can be more open about who we actually are now. So every time one of my little darlings, you know, somebody young in my sphere says, guess what I'm doing? I'm so excited. And I'm really happy for them. I'm like, yay, you get to be you. I wondered why you were so shy as a little person. Now you're now it all makes sense to me because you're explaining to me how you've been feeling your whole life. Now you're opening like a flower. This is a beautiful thing. So I'm just yes. for people being and expressing who they are. It's it's just groovy because I remember being afraid to tell people, you know, I'm bisexual or I'm fluid. I didn't even know what fluid. I didn't even realize I was fluid until this year. Seriously, I had to actually, like, think about this. I'm like, there's a word for how I've been feeling? Wow. Remarkable. So, you know, I'm just really excited that, you know, there's there's stuff that we can talk about now that we couldn't talk about before, you know. No, of course. And to have the option to be who we really are, you know. I changed my pronouns probably about... 18 months ago, and it was just sort of a revelation to be able to be who I always knew that I was, and and I think that that's just amazing. It's one of the few good things that I can say we have about nowadays, because it does allow people to do this, and I've always been around people who were, again, non-binary and and definitely not the norm in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. It makes me laugh because I swear my dad was at Stonewall when the riots started. You know what I mean? That was one of his regular haunts that he used to go to, again, growing up in New York City. You know, so, and and that that was my haters tried to accuse me of that, too. I was like, y'all really don't know anything about me that (laughs) I grew up with. Wow, LGBTQ parents, and I was raised going to Stonewall and and protesting, and, you know, I remember my daughter at the ACT UP rally, she used to make a little fist, ACT UP, fight back, you know, this this is how I was raised, this is who I am, you know, and people just want to project their own negativity, but I've always allowed people to be who they are and fought for their rights any way that I could, and to be able to do that Mm -hmm. as a magical person, I think, is again, one of the really important things I think exists about my work. You know, magical protest has really become a a big thing that we've talked about in the last, what, seven, eight years, decade or so. And it's not something as a young witch back a million years ago when I was a young witch that I even thought about, you know. I mean, there's and there's so many forms of, of... protest 
that I never even, it never even occurred to me as a younger person that I could actually, you know, do that, you know. Can you, like, maybe talk for a couple of minutes about what it means to do something magically as a form of protest? Well, I think there's a lot of things. I mean, I'll use an example. I have a goddaughter that's living in Portland, and they had some serious police interaction at the riots and things like that. And she called me up and she said, well, what do I need to do to take with me so I can go out and, and, and stand with these people because people are dying and I don't want to die, but I don't want to let people kill people either. So I want to protest. Sure. And I told her one of the simplest things that we do is you do cinnamon for invisibility. So she put cinnamon in her shoes and she went right down to mm-hmm. the middle of the protest and she took photographs of police doing things they shouldn't and, you know, unmarked cars trying to drag people away. And she got that information out there. And, you know, again, this isn't something I necessarily would have thought of back in the day, but it's certainly something that we need now. And I was so glad that I could help her in that instance and, and, you know, just help everybody else by extension because it allowed her to get these photographs and, and, you know, make them public. That's amazing. See, I never even thought about the cinnamon and the shoe thing. That's, that's pretty brilliant. See, there's just so much to learn. Everything that we use for our daily lives and our magical practices, definitely buy Lilith's books, I'm telling you. There's just so much to learn. Um, you are brilliant and wonderful, and we are just about out of time. Um, so tell, tell me one more time. Uh, when the book comes out, the reissue, and anything else you're working on or where people can catch up with you. Okay, well, the book is going to be called Voodoo and African Traditional Religion. It's going to be published by Warlock Press in the end of May, beginning of June, hopefully, fingers crossed. It's already done and dusted. It just needs to get put together. Yep. So that's wonderful. People can find me on my website, com. People can find me on social media under my name, Lilith Dorsey. And uh, I hope people reach out and contact me. They can check out my blog, Voodoo Universe. There's over 666 posts on there. (laughs) We're all full evil. We're not even half evil anymore. We're full evil. So, yeah, they can check that out. They can. Check out my YouTube channel. Lil- they can, you know. Yeah. Lilith yeah, also yeah. has fan club on Facebook. Look for that as well. I didn't know about it until today. So get on Facebook, Lilith Dorsey Fan Club. Absolutely. Join up, read up, buy the buy the books. I'm telling you, it, you won't be disappointed. And in the hopefully near future, there will be a Voodoo B and B. In New Orleans, I'm just saying. In New Orleans, be yeah. There be There's square. a GoFundMe. They can search Lilith Dorsey and find yep. a GoFundMe to help make the B&B a reality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So get on all of that. Lilith, thank you so much for coming. I hope I can coax you into coming back very, very soon. I really appreciate you spending the time with me tonight. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. It's delightful to talk to you as always. And I'm always glad to come back. (laughs) Yay! 
All right. Okay, everybody. I will be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. with Jade Soluna. Have a great night, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye.